Welcome to the OA Light a Candle Meeting podcast. Visit our website at oalaig.org, where you will find several speaker feeds with over 800 speaker files, forms for ordering CDs for these speakers, and a place to donate to keep this special service active. The opinions expressed on the Light a Candle podcast are those of individual OA members and do not represent OA as a whole. I would now like to introduce our speaker for tonight, Lewis. Hi, my name is Lewis, compulsive overeater. Hi, Got my name right this time. Um, uh, I'm super nervous right off the bat. Let me just say, I, I, I can walk into a room, you know, tell you why your company sucks. I can walk into, onto a stage, do ridiculous things, you know, with not even, you know, a, a sweat. But whenever I'm asked to lead a meeting, I get incredibly nervous. And it's because it's one of the real most honest things that I do, right? It's, it's one of those moments where I get to be raw and real with people who are like me and, and get what this is. Um, so right off the bat, uh, let me just say, I don't hate myself today. I have peace around food. Um, I don't binge. I ask for help. And it's all because of the uh, big book, the 12 Steps, and my fellows. Um, I rely on a higher power that is greater than myself. Um, right off the bat, uh, uh, let me just say, I, I, uh, I'm so nervous. I'm so sorry. I love you more. Um, I continually hand things off to my higher power. And in my mind, I visualize handing that over. And I continue to do that until my higher power says, dude, enough. (laughs) But that hasn't happened yet, right? It hasn't happened yet. So I will keep doing that. Let me just start at the beginning. From the day I was born, I was born with medical issues that just made me different. And I was in and out of the hospital. And one of the first things you learn being in the hospital as a young child is that if you cry, you get the bottle. If uh, you're in pain, you get medicine. Um, When you smile, you're out of the hospital faster, whether you're in pain or not. And that lesson carried over. I remember being seven years old, um, sitting in front of the refrigerator in the middle of the night, eating crackers, cheese, and, you know, drinking large bottles of juice by myself. So at an early age, I just didn't know how to deal with life. I didn't know how to deal with my medical situation. I grew up believing in God. I grew up Roman Catholic. grew up believing in God, but having incredible resentment towards him. I truly believe that I got through my medical issues not because of God, but despite him. I really felt like he had it in for me, and I didn't really make a turn in this program until someone said to me that you can make up your own higher power of your own understanding. And when that happened, it it just opened the whole thing up for me. It made me willing. And really, that's the amazing thing. It made me willing to just listen. Uh, Being in and out of the hospital made things difficult. I acted out, 
Um, I've always been the, I'm the oldest of two, of three siblings, and I was always the child that my parents worried about. Like, oh, Lewis, we worry about you so much. And I've always had a feeling of being less than. Um, that carried on, you know, well into adulthood. I covered a lot of that up with being loud, brash, fun, partying, alcohol, uh, blackout. I would do the thing where I would show up at the party and, you know, you walk into, to, into the party, you make a right, circle the room, and right out the door through the left. Um, I didn't let people get to know me. Um, I was a manipulator. I am a liar. I spent a lot of time carrying resentments for people if I didn't get my way. I had to clean up stuff from kindergarten, practically, on my first four-step. But um, that, and, and what's messed up is that that's the only life I knew. That's the only way I knew how to get through life was through manipulation and trying to get my way. Um, and it made me make bad decisions. I mean, I married an alcoholic. My father's an alcoholic. I don't want to get too much in, into, into all that, but I played whack-a-mole with a lot of things. Food's the mothership, though. But I played whack-a-mole with a lot of things because, yeah, I had solutions, right? But none of them were spiritual. So when you're filling that God-sized hole, you know, with everything else, I mean, it's just not sustainable, which is why I brought pictures. So when you look at these photos, you're going to look at it and say, Lewis, these are probably out of order. They're not. Um, I printed these at work because they're in color. <laughs> so you see, uh, in my early 20s, I was well over 300 pounds. Unhappy. Um, and the only reason I decided to lose, try and lose weight is because my boss, I worked at a radio station, I worked in radio my whole life, 21 years, and one of the, one of the things that my boss said to me at the time was, Lewis, no one wants to see a fat ass on stage. Obviously, that affects you. So I, uh, you know, I did what I could, and I got into the exercise mentality. I could tell you how many miles I had to run to work off a Costco pizza, the Supreme. Uh, you know, I knew, you know, I would spend hours and hours at the gym. Uh, it's, it's insanity to be in the middle of the night uh, swimming at the uh, Export Fitness in Chicago because it's open 24-7. It's crazy. I didn't think it was. The level of insanity that I've shown in my life, like, when, you, when I read the big book and they gave those two stories about the guys... You know, the guy with the milk, the whiskey, and all that. And then they give that example of the guy who kept running into the trolley. And everyone, usually when they read it, they're like, oh, that's kind of funny. That's kind of silly. But I'm like, no, I, I identified with the guy that jumped in front of the trolley. That's where I was at. I just kept thinking to myself, yeah, when's the next one? It's just not, not sustainable. And when I think about those moments, I was married for a while, married an alcoholic, of course. Um, I remember 
leaving work and being so petrified uh, of the fight that would inevitably happen that I would steal myself with food. And then just be full and miserable. We'd fight. I was numbed out. And then I'd be, eventually we divorced. But, and that just sent me into a deeper hole. Before I decided to get any help, I was broken, alone. Um, I remember it was New Year's Eve. I was uh, sitting in my apartment by myself. I had the uh, Netflix fireplace going. The one with the extra crackle. <laughs> and I remember looking at my phone, and, I, and you know, I was getting texts from people that I had ignored for the last year. And I didn't have the heart or the strength or anything to respond to those texts. The phone felt like it was a 1,000 pounds. And I remember sitting there, well over 300 pounds, thinking to myself, this is it. This is how it's going to be for the rest of my life. This is, I'm going to die this way. And I was dying. I think sometimes, you know, when things are good, it's, it's easy to forget that, you know, if, if you're doing other things, you know, you, you could die, but, you know, you, it's quick, right? This, this kills so slowly and so cruelly and it's just this hor- this horrible death. And, I, and, and what's worse is that I saw myself heading that way. You know, when you watch shows like My 600 Pound Life, I, I identify with those people so much. Before I walked into the rooms, I was more than halfway there. You know, woman can't get onto bed. You know, she's 650 pounds. You know, she's pissed off. She wants to eat spaghetti. Yeah, I get it. Let's hit it. When I'm pissed... That's what I want. So I decided to get the kind of help that I'd gotten before, not spiritual. I went to a therapist and I said, fix me. Uh, let's do this one-on-one. Let's keep this in-house. A lot of everyone know. You and me, I give you money. And then you just tell me when I'm fine. The, uh, the, uh, the therapist had news for me. It was about our third session, and she looked at me and she said, Lewis, you're an addict. You're a drug addict with food. And I, it felt like I was punched in the chest because I didn't want to hear that. I didn't want to believe. I didn't want to believe that all those things that I was doing to myself were killing me and that that was my coping mechanism I remember saying to her, no, 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 you don't understand. I don't drink anymore. No, 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 you don't understand. I have a great job. No, 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 you don't understand. I, I, I it, you know, like, people like me. I, I, you know, you're an addict of food. And then she asked me one thing, if I was willing to go to an OA meeting. I'd never heard of OA. I was afraid to Google it, <laughs> but I did. And then I remember calling the office. I I wish, I really wish I could remember who was on the phone. They directed me to a meeting that was Sunday morning at 7.30 a.m. And I said, no, I'm good. <laughs> and then I went back to my therapist and said, I didn't go to that meeting you suggested. And she gave me another shot. Said, I really think you should go. Um, I went. 
showed up at that 7.30 meeting, and then there was an anorexic leading the meeting, and the first thing I thought to myself, oh, this is BS. Got nothing in common with this person. I've got the opposite problem. And when she told her story, I couldn't stop crying that day. I spent 50 minutes, easy, of that hour, just bawling my eyes out, sitting in the back of the room, realizing, holy crap, this story is mine. That insanity is mine. Those feelings, the, the, the fighting, the negotiating, the back and forth with the food, that's, that's me. And then I was lucky, God working through other people, someone came up to me and said, Louis, we have this group that gets together for breakfast after the meeting. Would you like to come? I said, no. But I went anyway. And what surprised me is that I was telling these group of guys exactly what I did with food. No, 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 you don't understand. I would eat stuff that's frozen. Uh-huh. No, 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 you don't understand. Like, I would eat the... Uh-huh. No, 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 I would throw the thing away, pick it up, and then still... And they're like, yeah. And that was amazing to me. Because I'm like, holy crap, I'm not alone. And, and I think that was the first real lightning strike in my brain that said, this just might be it, right? This just might be it. I'm not by myself. I'm not the only crazy person. I'm not the only one with these feelings about food. I'm not the only one that needs to numb out with this, in this way. Um, the, the spiritual aspect came slow for me because, like I said, I carried a lot of resentments. But I let myself be willing. One of the most important things, yeah, get a sponsor, right? But one of the most important things was letting myself be sponsored. Taking that suggestion. You could say you got to sponsor all the live long day. But if you're, you know, not willing to do anything, good luck. I let myself be sponsored. I took suggestion which is weird for me. Relationships were transactional for me. In my business, it was like, I need this. Let me do this for you. I get this from you back. We're good. We don't need to hang out. You know, I did the uh, the thing where it was just like, oh, we should get together. You know, like, let's do lunch next week. I never meant it. <laughs> never meant it. Um, but doing... Um, letting myself be sponsored, making that turn. I didn't really have a spiritual experience until last February. I don't know if you've noticed, but I learned things the hard way. Um, I always have. And it took me being broken again. I, uh, my, I, had, a tra- I had a kidney transplant 10 years ago. Uh, I did it in the midst of my, my exercise issues. So, of course, the doctors are like, oh, great, yeah, you know. But this time around, um, I was in program. I listened to my body. The the first time my kidneys failed, I ignored my body because that's just what I did, right? Um, And I almost died. My friends almost threatened to call, you know, an ambulance on me um, uh, to get me to the hospital. This time around, I was was conscious, awake, um, in program, 
and uh, I went in. I didn't feel well, and of course, my kidneys were failing. No fault of my own. They just happened. I didn't know they have a lifespan. It's like a car part. They last 10, 15 years. But when I was in the hospital, I remember thinking to myself, what can I do? I remember sitting in the emergency room. I had the phone in my hand, and it felt familiar. It felt like that New Year's Eve. I could either let people know, which is what I didn't want to do. I could make a phone call, or I could keep it to myself. And that was the real first time where I had a conversation with God, a conversation with my higher power. And I asked for help. And I asked for relief. I asked for the fear to be lifted. I asked for the strength to hit send. And I got it. I don't know how it happened, but that wasn't me. To let people know what was going on, it's not me. My default is secrets. I can't do that anymore. Because those will kill me. The secrets, the negative thoughts, they're like weeds. You know, and when those weeds are on my path, the path to my higher power is not clear. So when I clean that up, the connection, the line, it's perfect. I got 5G. <laughs> but uh, I remember laying there and I made a phone call. And who knew it felt good to let people know what was happening? I used that momentum, called someone else. Used that momentum, called someone else. And that momentum called into someone else. And that kept me clear enough to be able to talk to the doctors, to not be in fear, right? To sit there and ask myself, what can I do about this right now? 99.9% of the time, it's nothing. I can't do nothing. It's in God's hands. I'm just along for the ride. I have ceased fighting, right? I've ceased fighting. The only obstacles in my life right now are the ones I put in front of myself. If I'm pissed off, that's my issue. So I used that momentum. I kept with my therapist sessions over the phone while I was in the hospital for three and a half weeks. I talked to my sponsor daily, still, over the phone. I still committed my food. Um, luckily, my hospital was nice and you had like a nice little menu. But I committed my food, and my program didn't change. I was in a hospital, and my program didn't change, no matter what. And that's the gift I have right now, right? My program doesn't change. My food doesn't change. I talk with God regularly. I guess I didn't do any stats. Let me just say, uh, you know, my highest weight, known weight, was 313 pounds. That was before I walked in the rooms. And the reason I say it was known, because, you know, the last time I got in the scale, that's what it said. I never got back on after that. I was like, no, I don't need to know the, <laughs> the number. Um, and I'm down about 82 pounds now. And I've been able to maintain that three years of abstinence. If you had told me that two and a half years ago, I'd say you're crazy. If you had told me two and a half years ago that I would let someone in this program show me how to grocery shop, I'd say you're crazy. Someone did that for me. If I told you two and a half, three years ago 
that I would let someone in this program call me up and say, where the hell are you? I haven't seen you in a week. You know, none of your business. <laughs> but I don't take it that way. I genuinely care about people. What is this? You know, and I carry these things in all my affairs, just like the book says. I treat people with respect at work now. I don't bulldoze my way through people or things or situations. It's made me a better manager. I would not be able to manage the amount of people I manage now if I was not in this program. There's no way. There's no way. There's no way I would have the relationship with my family. In this program, you saw, in, the, in this program, I realized, oh my God, my dad doesn't hate me. He just doesn't know how to love the way I want him to love me. I wouldn't have figured that out on my own. I figured it out through program. To sit there and, you know, I find God in the pauses. I do a lot of pausing. Because, look, my initial reactions are still the old ones, right? I still pop off real fast, especially in traffic. You know, someone upsets me, it still comes, you know. But I pause. That's the difference. I find God in those pauses, and I find direction. I find his will, not mine. I marinate in the third step prayer, by the way. It's the one I will repeat to myself day in, day out. It brings me relief. I was doing it when I was sitting in that chair right there waiting to come up, nervous as hell, wondering what the hell I'm going to say for 40 minutes. But then I realized, Lewis, you talk about why Star Trek, Star Wars is better than Star Trek for an hour easy. <laughs> Don't at me on Twitter. Um, but when, when, when I came, of course, you know, now I'm, I'm comfortable and, you know, I feel fine up here now, you know, especially looking at all you guys, because, you know, you, you guys are the light posts that I have on this path, right? You know, you guys are the examples I see, you know, you guys are the ones I ask for help. And that's been the amazing thing, asking for help. Holy crap. It was so difficult. I made life so difficult for myself just, just by thinking I can do it on my own. Why? You know, something as simple now as learning how to do a spreadsheet. I don't know anything about spreadsheets, but the fact that I had to make one and I just asked for help, thats it's a small one, but that's a miracle. Those are those things I couldn't do on my own. I'm so incredibly grateful for this program, working the steps, getting to take people through the steps has been amazing. I... I that's where the real abstinence comes for me. That's where the real sense of peace comes, is working with others. Getting a chance to pass on what I've learned. Getting to talk to people. Um, it's a real gift now. Uh, the, the, the other things that I do right now, I guess, um, let me just mention, I do three meals a day. Uh, I commit my food in the morning. I do a 10-step in the evening. I meditate. Uh, I try to do at least five minutes. It's difficult sometimes. You know, uh, one of the big differences for me now is the F word is not the first thing I say when I wake up in the morning. I thank God, right? I lay in bed. 
I try to get on my knees when I can, but it's not perfect. But I thank God. Thank God I'm alive. Thank God I have this life. You know, you see the pictures. I've been at a lighter weight than this, but I'm happy with myself. What is that? You know, I don't sit here and look in the mirror and swear at myself, which is what I would use, what I used to do. You know, I'd sit there and berate myself in my mind, um, and that's been lifted. And it's only because of the twelve steps. I'm working through them again right now. It's my second go around with them. I'm a firm believer in continually doing them. You know, because if it's good once, it's got to be good again. Um, and, you know, I'm getting to do it with in this workshop with a, a group of friends. That's the other word, friends. I get to have friends in this program. Um, they're, they're more than fellows, right? You know, you start to realize, you're like, wow, we have this bond. Um, you know, you're like brothers and sisters to me. You know, when I when I see fellows in the you know, like out in the public, you know, like in the stores and stuff, I used to if I used to see a coworker, I would do the thing where I'd be like, oh god, <laughs> let me dip out through this aisle. I don't do that. You know, a lot of opposite action. I make myself go up and say hi. Um, trying to think what else I can say. A lot of this has been a real gift. I'm grateful. I'm happy. I'm still surprised sometimes about that. And then you start to realize, oh my gosh, is this the new normal? I even question it sometimes. I go, before this, have I was I ever really happy? You know, I can honestly say no. There wasn't a moment where I wouldn't think about how you were perceiving me, how you were looking at me. And one of the amazing gifts was my sponsor telling me, Lewis, I'm going to tell you a secret. Nobody cares. <laughs> no one cares. It's all in my mind. And that's been, you know, that's another thing that's been just lifted from me. Um, so I don't know how much time I have left. I guess I can take questions. Is it too early? No. Whenever I want. All right, yeah, I'll take some questions. So how do you deal with fear? How do I deal with fear? I hand it over. I have to remember, there's nothing, like I said, there's 99% of the time, there's nothing I can do about something. Nothing. So when that happens to me, Part of my meditation is a lot of visualization. I see God with me when I meditate. You know, that's like the tuning, you know, my, my connection with him. It's just in, in my mind, I see the dials, and I try to tune my connection with him. When I'm able to see him, in you know, uh, here, I, I hand things over. It's a literal handing over of things, and that's been a huge help for me. Because um, there's nothing I can do. And I have to talk about it. When I'm afraid, the first inkling of fear, I have to talk. I have to let people know what's going on, good or bad. You know, something different is happening. Talk about it. 
because that dis- dissipates the fear. That just gets rid of it. It gives there's no power there. You know, the 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 power that you get is is from HP, and then when you have that, you're like, what am I afraid of? Hand it over, all day, every day. How do you work your program on a daily basis? First thing in the morning. Repeat. Oh, oh. Uh, how do I work my program on a daily basis? It's get up in the morning, thank God. Uh, I say the third step prayer. I meditate for five to ten minutes. I call my sponsor. We talk. On average, this is the funny thing. You know, we talk about thirty to forty minutes. I never intend to. I always think I'm going to knock this out real fast mm-hmm. and just you know give them my food and you know adios. But you know, we end up talking about not so much the food, but about life. You know, we just talking about what's going on. And that's the big thing for me. As long as someone knows what's happening with me, I feel safe and uh, and protected. So when, when I let I let him know what's happening, and then I carry out through my day. I do my step work. I try to do. That's look. Let me tell you. I don't. I'm not saying I'm perfect. I try to do it every day, a little bit. It's not perfect. Sometimes I'm doing the cram session like I'm in college again. Um, but I I try to do my step work and I do my tenth step at night. Oh, and then I, I talk to my sponsees in the evening on the way home because it's a long drive from Sher- Culver City to Sherman Oaks. Uh, yeah. Um, thank you so much. You talk, thank you for talking about health and being a child with health issues. Um, to me, can you share how you got to the place where you, your relationship with God, you were able to see that God, how did that shift for you in terms of not being that? Oh, yeah. My, how did my perception of God changed for not being upset um, slowly very slowly it, it, it just time and, and working the steps honestly and just just being open-minded and willing and just realizing that the God I grew up with is not the God I need to have right now um, making that list and then and then just really believing in it to really believe I wish I could explain it for me, it was like I said that day when my kidney, when my transplant failed, to sit there and go, God, I really hope you have my back because I'm, I'm doing the trust fall, right? And that's how it was, you know. I truly believe 110 percent that God has my back right now, and that's just faith. You know, um, part of my issues with with exercise. Part of that now is I'm limited to. Te- oh, sorry. What's my uh, What's my? Say it again. Sorry, so I can repeat it. Oh, what's my exercise routine? Uh, through the, uh, uh, I work with my therapist and my sponsor closely on exercise because it's been a past issue. So I do 15 to 20 minutes a day max. And that's what I get. So I get to pick what I what I do, but that's the maximum. And then I commit to that also. Uh, what do you do when you uh, are struggling with a certain food, and uh, like you, um, like it's not on your abdomen? However, like you eat it, but you don't want to eat it, but you eat it anyways. <laughs> Like how, 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 how,
How do I have gotten to the other side of foods I don't want to eat? Sure. Well, I'll say this right off. I don't. For me, it's black and white. There's there's no real yellow foods. I don't pick my food. Um, I work with a nutritionist uh, and my sponsor closely. Uh, everyone talks to each other. That's part of the no secrets thing. And we have a food program because I'm currently on dialysis. I do three and a half hours on the machine three days a week. And by the way, it's amazing how much you realize, you know, if you had asked me last two years ago, Lewis, can you find 15 hours in your day to do something? I would have been like, hell no. But let me tell you, if I'm going to die, I can find 15 hours. So I can find an hour to do uh, step work. Uh, uh, so anyway, so, you know, I don't pick my food. And when I see food that's not mine, I think of it as, you know, that, you know, you go to work and you've got the work fridge and you see Billy's got, you know, his sandwich labeled and Jenny's got her orange labeled. Those are not mine. I don't touch them. They're not for me, you know. So when I see foods that are not for me, they're not mine, you know. And I, my food is very narrow because of the dialysis, because of the food stuff. So... I get what I get, and I just kind of deal. I eat it. It's mine. It's my. That's my food. I get to have it. You know, I don't see it as a, you know, like oh, this is terrible. I just keep it simple. If that makes sense. With such a black and white food plan, how do you deal with eating out at restaurants? Or do you so I eat out at restaurants, but what I do is I oh, how do I deal with restaurants? <laughs> um, I, I do eat out at restaurants. Um, I send my, if I'm going, if I know where I'm going, I send my sponsor a screenshot of the menu, and then he will send me three suggestions, and then I will pick from those suggestions, um, and then he'll ask me to make any modifications if I need to on, on the menu, and I just roll with that, and I'll, I love it because I go to the restaurant, and I don't do the thing that we all do where we sit there like, what are you having? <laughs> I don't want that. Um, and there's real relief in that. There's real relief to get there and going, you know what, I'm having the shrimp or I'm having the chicken. So that's how I deal with that. Writing, writing. Oh, what tools help me? I'm so bad at this. I'm so sorry. <laughs> They're not going to ask me back, guys. Uh, what tools help me when I'm in fear? Um, writing, writing, writing. And, and talking to people. If, if I need to talk it out first because I, that, that just gets rid of it. You know, it just gets it out of me. You know, like I said, I, I, I'm very literal in the way I see things. And when I have that fear and I have those secrets, I, I, in my mind, it's in me. And I have to get it out by speaking first. You know, and then I'll take the instruction of my sponsor. Nine times out of ten, it's writing. And then I'll put it on paper. And then, you know, if it's still bothering me, guess what? I get to talk some more about it. Have you ever, uh, how, do you, how do you navigate, like, social events or, you know, uh, holiday stuff where you don't know ahead of time anyway? Have you ever gotten jammed up? And how did you get out? How do I deal with holidays, social events, and if I've ever gotten jammed up. Um, you know, th there are very few instances. I try to make an effort to know what's going on 
with the food situation because that brings me peace. I need peace, right? I need to know that I'm going to be comfortable. So I make every effort I can to know what's going on with the food. Uh, if I don't, for some reason, I make a call. You know, I'll either take a photo. This is what's. This is the situation. What should I have? You know, I gotta. I gotta do that. You know, the food. I, I don't muck around with the food. I can't. I can't. Yes, sir. Um, can you talk about maybe a time in the past where there was like a day or two, or maybe even like a week long stretch of like a feeling that you just could not shake, and it was really, really like testing your. Yes. Yeah, have I ever had a feeling that just lasted a while, like a week or so, that really tested me? Absolutely. Um, so, you know, when, when I, I'm new to middle management at my job, and one of the first things I had to do was fire someone. And, you know, I knew they were going to get fired, you know, months before it was going to happen. And there were a lot of changes going on, and I had to keep that secret. Now, what the hell have I been saying for the last one is, like, secrets get me, right? But that's it's, I talk about it to my fellows. I talk about it with my sponsor, you know. And, and I had to realize what, like, like I said, it was just talking it out and saying, me telling this person is a disservice to the other folks at the company. So, and it's selfish because I'm looking for relief, right, from that, from that feeling. So I'm just, I'm just helping myself by letting them know. So there was a lot of writing and a lot of praying and a lot of asking God to just help me get through this, you know. And it's funny, in comparison now, it seems like such a small thing compared to, because life keeps throwing things at you, you know, and it's just how you handle them. I mean, there's upheaval happening, you know, at the job. But guess what? I'm not, I don't, I'm not bothered because I know God has my back and there's a plan, right? So a lot of prayer. Right, thank you.